Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Okay, I think maybe my interest in my next guest and the company that she's working with may have come more as a parent maybe than uh, someone that works in education, but we're going to be spending time with Jennifer Lee. She's the chief growth officer at PhotoMath. And Jennifer, you have a fantastic background. Uh, I know you spent, what, almost 15 years in the investment side, uh, learned capital. Uh, you, you just have some very unique experiences in the business of education and what it takes. So why PhotoMath for you and why now in your career? Oh, wow. Great question, Rod. And by the way, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, I, as you mentioned, I have a very different background than all the other engineers, AI specialists, math R&D researchers and teachers um, over at, at PhotoMath. Uh, and that's that I am an investor or was an investor for a very long time. Um, and I think what was really interesting to me was seeing all the different types of companies and industry trends and seeing how things you know continue to grow and expand. That's kind of what I like is to think about how things grow. Um, and when I saw Photomath, um, to me, this was kind of a no-brainer opportunity, actually first from an investment standpoint, and then when I wanted to move on to the other side of the table, actually um, as an opportunity to work for, because it's just a huge market, right? The, the need for math learning and support around math learning is one of the largest learning sectors that exist. There are a billion students in photo math age range, which is defined as essentially um, middle school through college that are literally mandated by their governments to learn math year over year over year. <laughs> kind of have is, to, right? <laughs> you have to, right? And it's the only subject where you start in kindergarten and you're going to be studying it for the next 13 years without stop, if not more, as you go into higher ed. So it's just this huge market. On top of it, it's the number one pain point for students when it comes to learning. It is that unique subject that takes a really smart kid who's great and um, problem solving or history or prose, it makes them feel like they're not smart enough or they're not good enough because once they just start to struggle, they start to self-define um, themselves as either good at math or bad at math as opposed to thinking about it as like a growth subject where the struggle is part of the learning journey. So um, it's just this really unique uh, space of learning with a really unique company uh, that got me really excited about PhotoMath. You know, I, and I agree with you. It is such, it's like the ocean. I mean, it's just the opportunity is so big in math and, and it's required. Uh, I am curious though, because it's interesting when we think about math, right? A lot of people will talk about it. Look, it's been a marketing issue for generations, right? We just haven't really told the story in a way that makes sense. That's either inclusive of both, you know, talk about, you know, girls in math or just you sort of name the topic area and we can say we've struggled to communicate the value proposition of math. But what's fascinating too to me is the trust, right? So even from the buyer side, and I want to get your perspective on this, especially given your background in investment, is, is on the buyer side when it comes to purchasing math offerings, is this reticence to understand the value that is being presented? You know, will it work? It just seems like there's so much that's baked into the decision to purchase a math offering that other subjects don't have to go through. It's like a gauntlet, it feels like, because you're dealing with the educators, the students. What do we already have that's existing? Is this going to be, you know, duplicative? There just seems to be a, a gauntlet that you have to go through. Talk a little bit about the trust factor with the buyer 
uh, in education and how they bring maybe a history of buyer's remorse right into that equation. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's funny, you reminded me of this tweet that was got sh- shared around this week, which literally said something to the nature of like math, it needs to be a rebranded, like the issue with math is not the subject, but it's like <laughs> the name itself. And then we need to rebrand, um, the subject, but, but I actually find, you know, as much as students have trouble sometimes being like, why is this? problem relevant to me? Why is somebody going to the supermarket and buying so many bananas? And why do I need to calculate the rate of banana (laughs) purchasing? Um, Despite some of those obstacles, at the end of the day, students and parents actually really recognize the value of like a fundamental math equation. They understand that it is the building blocks for all those STEM subjects um, that are critical to kind of like 21st century occupations, right? So if you want to go into engineering or you want to understand AI or data science, you know, math is a crucial foundation and people recognize that these are the kind of economic growth opportunities. So we don't actually tend to see buyer's remorse. We actually tend to see the exact opposite, which is, yeah, we actually tend to see students who are like, where have you been all my life? And from the parent perspective, they know how important this subject is. We see something like 30 to 40%. I think there's an industry standard around um, market sciences, like 30 to 40% of global tutoring goes to math education, right? Because it's just that crucial of a subject area. Um, When we talk with the online direct tutoring companies, I think they actually say something much higher north of 70% goes to math tutoring. Um, And it's, it's really parents who are saying, hey, this is an important subject. The kids who actually recognize that it's an important subject, that's something they need to learn. Um, And then the unique twist actually for the parent is that they're like, (laughs) math has changed. The way that I learned math is really different than the way that they teach math today. And so I know this is an important subject for my kids. I think it's extremely um, valuable that they do well, but I like 50% of parents in a survey that we conducted showed that they weren't comfortable helping with their students with their Yeah, I, I mean, let's just call it yeah. what it is. As a parent, I mean, I would be nervous that I would be able to understand what my child's even working on because it's really, we're talking, I mean, I see it as a language. I think that's a... It's a, it's a great analogy. A lot of people talk about it as a language, but it's a language that keeps evolving. Yeah, right? it's not static. <laughs> it's not static, but people think it is. People think it's this kind of like, you know, the dead language like Latin and it's just taught the same way. It's actually quite dynamic. And the way that students learn math and think about math and how they need to be taught about math skills in the 21st century is really different than how we needed to learn math when, you know, the internet wasn't readily at our fingertips. like really powerful devices didn't sit, like computers didn't sit in our pocket in the form of, you know, your mobile phone and the calculators that exist off of it. So um, it is a language, but it's a language that's evolving and changing and parents just need continual help on like how to teach this language well in this current century. Okay, so earlier you made a statement that I, that I don't want to uh, just roll over because I think it's incredibly important and significant. The fact that you talked about investing in photomath and to the point where then you wanted to be on the other side of the table says a lot about your belief in what photomath offers the market. So talk about what photomath is uh, and how it is different. So if I'm in a world where I do have photomath, how is my life different than if I am in a world where I don't have it? Yeah. So PhotoMath is a mobile app that you can, you know, just go onto any uh, Google Play Store or Apple App Store and download. And what you do is you open up the app and it um, opens up to your camera screen. You can take a picture of 
pretty much any type of math problem that you're working on and get um, support and explanations on how to approach the problem, how to solve the problem, why are you doing this step, you know, how do you do another step in greater detail. And it really helps students um, on their math learning journey to, to kind of get the confidence that they can approach problems and then figure out how do I approach them repeatedly and how do I look at problems in various different ways. And so, you know, there might be like multiple explanations to one given problem or a multiple way to uh, solve a different type of problem. And we try to outline all of those in a way that's really intuitive and easy to understand for the end learner. Who's the, who's the buyer, Jennifer? Is it is it the parent? Is it the student themselves? Is it a teacher? Is it a school? All of the yeah. above? Uh, it's mostly focused around the user. So it's either mm-hmm. the student or the parent um, that's working with the student. We, we, we actually have quite a bit um, in both categories. Uh, we really focus on the learner's experience. What is it that the learner needs to help continue and feel confident that they can learn math, right? Like if they tend to be stuck on a, on a problem or they feel like, oh, I just don't get it. Like, how do we get them past that point of frustration to where they feel like, yes, I can learn this subject. This is something with the right piece of information. I'll get that aha click of a moment. And so because that's our focus, that's also who we believe should, um, that's also how we think about monetization, right? And so driven by AI, I would imagine. Yeah. So we, thank you for that clarification. Yeah. So we use um, machine learning and AI to understand what it is the student is trying to learn. Um, And that's where a lot of people, you can enter the problem in the calculator function, but a lot of people, most people actually start by taking a photo and we use the AI to interpret it and then to really understand what is it that you're actually trying to deduct from this problem, right? Because it's actually really hard to search in, you know, a browser, like, you mean Google doesn't have my answer? <laughs> yeah, derivatives, <laughs> linear questions, like how do you even input yeah. some of that is really is really challenging for students. And many students don't know to ask, like, you know, this is a single variable derivative with, you know, da-da-da. Like they, they don't even know where to start that search, right? Should I think of this as a new world application of tutoring where AI is really the, is the tutor in that regard? I think that's a really... That's kind of the way we like to think about it, which is, you know, how do you use AI to go through and understand what it is a student trying to learn? Where do they keep struggling with it? Um, how, what fundamental gaps of knowledge do they potentially have? And then how do we kind of build out the practice world to eventually fulfill it? Now, our product development isn't 100% there yet, right? We're sure. still building and, and You're trying evolving to just like math. <laughs> yes, we're evolving just like math. But at the same time, that's kind of our our bigger picture and vision is to think about how can we support um, people on their learning journey through a combination of artificial intelligence and real empathy for the user, the the learner struggles. Talk about the product map uh, going forward. I mean, what are the, it feels like just sitting here talking with you, it seems like there would be endless applications uh, to a technology that is that rich in in AI and machine learning when we're talking about math and the different ways students either work together or the types of problems that they're, you know, they're struggling with. Uh, Cause this is, I, what are you, you're defined as supplemental, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we are a regard. supplemental classroom. Yep. And we want to help students um, when they're at home late at night. Uh, we do have some usage within the classroom. A lot of teachers kind of like to use us as a starting point. You can imagine as a teacher, if you have 30 kids in your classroom, you know, you can't give attention constantly to every single one. So it's a great starting point. Tackle the problem, 
compare it versus the photo math answer, work it through, talk about it with your classmate. And if you're still struggling, you know, then then they have a good point of discussion from the teacher and really help leverage themselves. So where do you see it going then in the future? Um, I think, as I said, how do we continue to build out and service all those learning needs that a student has on their journey? So today, a lot of the focus is around um, being able to support the student when they are frustrated and don't don't even understand how to approach certain problems. Um, and then, then going beyond that to um, really understanding better what is it that the student's trying to learn, not just the problem, but like what's the fundamental questions underneath it that they're trying to understand and being able to look at their past history of um, scanning and interaction with the app to build a better profile of what it is they do and do not know. Um, and then from there to ensure that eventually students also have the, the format um, for mastery and confidence that they can do this repeatedly, you know, across a multiple different types of problems or as they come across their tests um, or high stakes exams. But let's have you put on your investor hat. One thing I think is fascinating when a company is growing is these, the inbound interest from other companies and other groups that see a, you know, an accretive nature to whatever you're doing. And it's a compliment that says, look, photo math is doing really well. And we think we could be, you know, supportive of what they're doing. Do, do you find that the market is well, is receiving photo math well? And can you see that based on the interest in other companies that might not have your core offering, but see that it could be complementary to what they're doing and vice versa? Yeah, we are always looking at various different partnerships um, that would either help expand the exposure to photo mass and distribution or to um, continue building out that product flow, but you know, that's mutually uh, beneficial. Um, one example of that actually is our uh, partnership with Snap, um, whereby on your Snapchat, if you bring it up and you open up to the camera screen, you can actually um, snap a photo of a math problem and we'll provide the explanation in Snap itself. Wow. Um, and then they can, uh, come over to PhotoMath if they want a greater in-depth explanation or they want to see some of like um, some of the textbook uh, or word problem support that we provide or, or these really cool things that we call animated tutorials, which is similar to a step-by-step -step explanation, but it's actually meant to resemble how a teacher would explain something on the whiteboard, right? With like movement, like how do you carry from the ones place to the tens place, it's when step-by-step -step explanations aren't sufficient and, and visual representations are really helpful in driving learning. So that's kind of an example of one of the partnerships um, we have done in the past. Uh, but as a startup, we're also always focused on, you know, it's all about resources and making sure, sure. that we allocate them appropriately. So. Talk about feedback from the market. Is there any feedback that has surprised you and the team with regards to application of photo math that wasn't intended, but you're finding that there's a subset that is using photo math in different ways or with different populations? Um, I think one of the biggest learnings that's always a surprise to us, even you know now six, seven years later, um, is the need. <laughs> which is just that, which is just to say that it is really hard to scale high quality education, right? Um, and that is like one of the number one struggles with, it's global in any education system. How do you scale high quality teachers that are well-versed and trained in a given subject and aren't overworked or, you know, dealing with 10 other completely non-subject related issues um, of school management, you know, all this other type of stuff. And so I think particularly even coming out of or 
maybe not fully out of, but even, you know, post uh, COVID and, and the full on pandemic, how much that, how much that situation has actually uh, worsened. And that's not a good word, apologies, how much that situation um, has uh, increased in difficulty. And so, um, yeah, I think that's the greatest surprise that hits us every single year. We think, oh, there's new technology, we've made great improvements, there's greater support in the market, but scaling high quality education is still probably like one of the number one societal issues. How many users does PhotoMath have? Um, so we have uh, over probably 280 million downloads of the app. Uh, 280 million yeah. downloads of the app. It's <laughs> a substantial number, Jennifer. Yeah, we help students. We support them probably with one and a half billion or more um, problems a month. So it's one and a half million problems a month. Billion, 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 billion problems. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, well, I would say that you are meeting a need that is ever, uh, I mean, it never stops to your point. Um, what did, let, let's close with this. What have you learned about yourself as you transition from the investment side of the table to, to this side of the table in the day-to-day? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Cause I have learned so much <laughs> in the last four years. Um, and, and I think that's actually a really important part for Phonomath, right? That's crucial for us. It's not just the growth of our, our students and our users, but also the growth within the team. And so personally, I think where I have experienced the most growth is around um, the time that it takes to build product really well. It's just not something that can be rushed. There's no um, microwave, is there? No, unfortunately <laughs> not. When it comes to good user experience that understands like the real learners need and tries to service it well, it just takes time and it, it takes a lot of investment. Has your communication style had to change? Because I think, I mean, if you, you think about it, when people are presenting to investors, right, the stress of putting together their tear sheets and their presentations and trying to guess the questions that are going to be asked, that's just such an arduous process that people just have to go through. But then when you're on the other side of it, there are some key questions that you want answered in from the investment side of it. I would imagine that when you do change, roles that your communication would have to also evolve as well. Have you found that, that personally people would experience you differently now than they did when you were on the other side? Um, what I would say is that how much more important it is to communicate effectively when you're actually on the other side, right? You talk about, and I, you're spot on that when it comes to fundraising and working with investors, it's actually really aligning people with the vision that you're trying to build, right? What is the future that you guys are trying to create together? But that is actually 10 times more important to do well internally than it is to do well externally. So um, I think actually it's it's the value of clarity around mission and vision and alignment and making sure that you know as your team grows, you're all still running in the same direction <laughs> um, that makes those types of stories and narratives actually that much more important. Um, and the clarity of that narrative even that much more important. Yeah, well, well said. Jennifer, I want to make sure people can find you, even though you have 280 uh, million downloads of the app and 1.5 billion problems solved a month. I still want to push people towards PhotoMath. Where should they go? Appreciate it. Yeah, if you can go to any, um, go to the Apple Store or Google Play Store and just search the word PhotoMath, P-H-O-T-O-M-A-T-H. Well, great pleasure to uh, chat with you. I love that you have the background that you do. I think it's it's important. And I also think it's eye-opening for people that want to work in education and want to provide value on all 
sides of the table um, to learn about people and professionals that are doing it and doing it quite well. We want to thank Jennifer Lee. She's the Chief Growth Officer at Photomath. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.